Blue South is a Southern-born podcast looking to address today's politically charged world and the importance of inclusion, redefining the establishment, and true equality for all. I'm Megan. I'm Adele. Together, we, we are Blue, Blue South. South. Hey guys, welcome to Blue South, episode 7. Hey uh Martha Roby won her primary runoff, and she was backed by Donald Trump. Yeah, she. what did she beat Bobby Bright by, like... It was a pretty big margin. He got 38% of the vote, I think. Which was actually less this time. Or he got, you know, the margin of error. Sorry, not the margin of error. The margin was wider this time than it was the first time. So less people voted for Bobby Bright the second time. Yeah. Or more people voted for Martha Roby the second time. Yeah. Or both. I don't know if that's just because of voter turnout, or did you see any of the campaign ads that Bright and Ruby ran against each other on local television? No, I don't have a TV in that regard, but I, I think you had brought it up before. Yeah, it was just basically them throwing insults at each other, saying that they're liberal Democrats and I think each ad had a picture of them either standing next to Nancy Pelosi or hugging Nancy Pelosi. So those were the heavy insults. The cycle. Oh my gosh. Of course, also the Bobby Bright, you know, he harped on the fact that Martha Roby didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. um, But now she's backed by Donald Trump like you, you brought up. Yeah, how does that happen? I don't know. Maybe some money. You think she has like a... A Russian P tape? I mean, she did denounce him. Yeah. You know, I don't support him. Blah de be blah. And then all of a sudden, he's endorsing her. To be fair, though, a lot of people also, I guess, disowned him as a potential candidate. And now they're all like sucking his dick. So. Oh, God. Some <laughs> Don't bring up the orange Cheeto. Like, I don't even want that visual. You know, there. like. Paul Ryan was one of his biggest critics for a little while, and now they're besties, it seems. I don't know. I think, I think Martha Roby probably got some money somewhere in there. Because, you know, her, her ad was actually paid for. It said, paid for by the American Chamber of Commerce. That's not campaign affiliated with her. Hmm. So. It was awful nice of them. Yeah. But now she's going to be running against Tabitha Eisner. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it was like... Do you think that Tabitha has a shot? I have no idea. I feel like it's going to be the most boring campaign ever. Like, it's like rice versus toast. Like, just there's nothing there. It's just bland. I think that Martha Roby will throw out insults at Tabitha. I actually read an... I was telling you about the article I read. It was five questions of Martha Roby. The Dothan Eagle wrote it the day after the election last week. And one of the questions was, how are you going to set yourself apart from your opponent? And she mentioned, you know, she's going to stick to her conservative roots and then like threw out some like passive aggressive sentence about how she's, you know, working for the unborn unlike others. And she's a proponent of the Second Amendment. And I mean, it wasn't like a direct (coughs) hit on Tabitha's character or anything, but it just kind of seemed like so maybe those are the themes of where the mudslinging will begin, you know? 
We have to protect yeah. the unborn voter. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, I feel like it's like rice and toast. I don't think that Tabitha will like mudsling Roby. I just worry, like, how is she going to set herself apart from Martha Roby? Other than the obvious, you know, she is registered as a Democrat. But as far as like the issues go, even on her website, like they're very vague, which she had an interview with the Dothan Eagle last week, too. And she mentioned that critics of hers would say like she is vague. But I feel like as a voter, for me, like, at least me, you know, just just me, can't be vague, you know? Like, you should talk about issues in depth. And her thing was she didn't want to worry about, like, cornering herself. I didn't get that. She's trying to win the hearts of majority of the second district. I feel like the majority of, you know, ALD2 is conservative and... They don't believe in, you know, abortion rights or reproductive rights, really. And, you know, they are for the Second Amendment, blah, blah, blah. Same old story. But then it's kind of like, well, what about everybody else? How can you how can you represent all of us when all of our beliefs are so conflicting? Mother Jones uh, reported an article uh, just the other day and um, titled Young People Are Registering to Vote. In huge numbers, new study finds. The study evaluated all new voter registrations in 39 states with available data since February 14, 2018, the day of the Parkland shooting, and calculated the change in the share of new regist- uh, registrants who were 18 to 29 years old. Across the county, I should probably say country, um, the share of youth registrants increased by a modest 2.16 percentage points, But in Indiana, Virginia, and New York, home to some of this year's marquee House and Senate contests, the share of youth registrants increased by 9.87, 10.49, and 10.7 percentage points, respectively. In Pennsylvania, where voters will decide as many as nine competitive congressional races, the share of new registrants who are younger than 30 jumped by a whopping 16.14 percentage points. The study doesn't evaluate how many of the new registrants may have been motivated by the Never Again movement. I mean, it's not, you know, groundbreaking numbers, but it's an increase. Yeah. I'm just hoping that it will help in the 2020 election. And I think that it will. Um, I think that, like, primaries and, and those types of, um, like, I, I never voted in a primary before this year. And, I mean, I've been voting for... Yeah. You know, like five years. Um. I didn't really know anything about midterm or local elections until I, after I graduated college. It's not something, I don't know. I want to say it's not something people talked about around me. It wasn't like a big deal. Like, I didn't, I didn't think I had to care about politics. A, because I was privileged. B, I just like, I never, and it's crazy because you see the signs, you know, but in my head it never connected Oh, maybe I should care about these. What are who are these people? Why are they voting? Like I never knew anything. And you know, I do remember my parents being like adamant voters. Like my parents always voted, but they never like you know we never talked about why or who. Other than I do remember like the Obama elections, they were super McCain Palin. I was too at that time, just because they were my parents. And then by the time I could actually vote for Obama, I voted for him against Mitt Romney. They liked Mitt Romney, and of course they like Donald Trump, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. I actually saw, I was looking at, you know, Emma Gonzalez, 
one of the kids from March for Our Lives. Yep. I was looking at her Instagram today, and I guess they're doing like a nationwide tour. Yeah, they're on a bus tour. Yep. To register young yeah. kids. They're going to like all kinds of high schools and prep schools. I thought that was pretty awesome. Aren't they doing like 78 stops or something? I believe mm-hmm. it's 78 stops. Yeah, and they're like engaging with people who do and don't share their beliefs, which I know that that like just as a young adult, that's hard for me to do. But, you know, after like them experiencing something like that, having to talk to people who are like, change my mind kind of thing. Like, I can't imagine that's not hard, but I'm glad they're doing it. Well, I'm kind of surprised that there isn't more younger kids, the percentage, to be honest. I feel like, like I said, I don't think voter registration is something that, like, any group emphasizes importance on, you know? Well, it's not really talked about in school either, too. I mean, you hit on it a little bit. Yeah. But you don't don't go in depth. That's what I liked about when Oprah sat down the conservatives and liberals at one table and just talked it through a little bit. Yeah. You don't see that at all. No. And I feel like it's honestly, it's so hard to do that nowadays because I remember there used to be a point where you could disagree with people. And I feel like it is harder now because some of these issues that have been going on for so long are just, they're out in the open. And I feel like that creates all this animosity, which I understand the animosity, but also how do we like work toward getting past it? I know that there's got to be, like, a lot of personal responsibility and, like, accountability taken on certain sides, but... um, But that's where I... Like, Republicans have no problem throwing mud and and being... um, Classes. I don't know. Saying what they need to say to, like, just, like, stick it. You know, and I feel like Democrats are always like, well, we need to be the better person because, you know, we're bringing the better message. And um, yes, you know, yes, but also like you can't, you can't, you have to be fighting the same fight. And so if Republicans are going to sling mud and, you know, cry and all of that stuff, then. I'm, I'm not saying it's something that I would want to do, but at the same time, like, the party that I'm with, like, don't show up for a gunfight with a knife, mm-hmm. you know, or a flower, which is what I feel like we do more more than not. It's like, well, you know, we're going to take the high road. Or when they go low, we go high. I mean, yes, I get that. But at the same time, like, this is politics, so, like, fuck it. Like, put it out on the table and call them out on their bullshit. Where a lot of the times it's just like, well, let's just play nice. Do you think it's... Because when I think of conservatives now, I think of old people. Mm. Because there is a lot of old people I know that are very conservative. And they're the ones posting the stupid stuff on Facebook. Half of it isn't true when you fact check it. But... (laughs) Google is free. Yeah. I think of like old people, yes, but I also think of Bernie bros. And I think of like kids who are younger than or close to my age who wear like the short chubby shorts and tall socks and Nikes who probably go boating during the summer and don't give a fuck about politics because they don't have to. Like just from personal experiences, those are the, the people I find that usually fit the category of 
I support Make America Great Again because that's all I fucking know. Um, like, it's not even older people that scare me because old people will die. Like, yeah. they will die. Baby boomers are going to die. They're going to start dying soon. They're already dying. So I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about, like, these young white men, honestly, who feel empowered by Donald Trump's message and take it to heart and continue to say, like, racist things about, you know, people who live in Mexico or black people or women and think that it's okay. Like, that's what worries me because those people seem to act on their fucking hatred. Not only, not that old people didn't, you know, they did so obviously in more passive aggressive ways, but, and I'm not saying they're not excluded from the shittiness of that, but I feel like now it's like when people want to act on their hatred, they do so violently and, I feel like that's just, I don't know. It's all hurtful. But we just seem to have more violence out of this president. Racially charged. Yeah, racially charged violence. There you go. Because you can't say that because there's been violence in all presidencies. But I don't know. But just like the, I don't know, like the public... Um, shit starters is like really like the only like I don't even think a lot of them even you know start want, go out like wanting to start like a racial fight but like they're just in public and they'll see you know like someone of a different um, ethnicity and then just like holler something stupid and then just instead of being like oh wow that shit actually came on my face I'm gonna fucking double down on it and I'm going to, you know, keep going after I watch you, like, pull out your phone and start recording me because I'm a fucking idiot. Like... You don't think they're doing that on purpose? I, I can't imagine that they're, they leave the house and they're like, this is what I'm going to accomplish today. This is, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell someone off because, mm, immigrants, you know, like, I, I just can't. I think, yeah, how, to a how does that point, work? like, ignorance accounts for it, but if they're, like, grown-ass people, like, I mean, you make the decision to say that, you know? I think when adults get mad, it's not pre-meditated to make that decision. Well, You're yeah. not getting out making your bed and say, all right, goal number one's done, made my bed. Goal number two, <laughs> let's go find this immigrant and... Just a new asshole. Or like not even an immigrant. Out. Like that woman that was wearing the Puerto Rican shirt. Did you see that video? Mm-hmm. She's like trying to have like a picnic or something like at a campground. Like she reserved the space and she's wearing a Puerto Rican shirt. And this old white guy is like, that's un-American. And she's like, Puerto Rico is a part of the United yeah. States. Like, what is your problem? And you don't know if he's like on drugs. You don't know if he's drunk. You don't just don't know if he's just like mentally like off kilter, like what the deal is. And then she calls the cops and she's like, cops, you know, can you do something? He is making me feel uncomfortable. And they're kind of, you know, like hanging around in the background, like not really taking an active role in, you know, peace offering, which is what their, their whole thing is about. They eventually um, arrest him and charge him probably with like disorderly conduct, but like just the whole thing was just, you know, Republicans saying like chivalry is dead. And then you hear you have this man like just verbally abusing this woman for no fucking reason, 
but other than he's just a fucking moron. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't think he's going to wake up, walk out the door and be like, this is what I'm going to do today. It's just something has triggered him. And then he's kind of being backed by, you know, this whole rhetoric that's, that the right is, you know, has been, um, you know, saying, and then all of a sudden, like he's, he feels like he has a little bit of power and mm, I'm going to show her, you know, fuck your un-American shirt, even though Puerto Rico is a part of an America and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like, I, I just don't know, um, how, yeah, I just. Well, he's going to be pissed off if Puerto Rico becomes a state. Yeah. God. Poor Puerto Rico. I know. They're still I would just, this. if I was Puerto Rico, I'd be like, you know what? We're, you know, we're probably better off without you to begin with. How about you guys just stay over there? You know, we'll do like Cuba, come up with our own technology and, you know, see you later. I have a lot of, well, I have two friends. I have two friends in Puerto Rico. One of them is a journalist. He definitely feels that way. He hates America. I don't blame him. I don't know. I don't know. I guess for me, like, I, yeah, I want to think that people don't wake up every day. Like, yeah, I'm going to go be a piece of shit. <laughs> but then also, like, I don't know. Even for me, like, when I have road rage and I say, like, you fucking cunt. Like, I knew those words were coming out of my mouth. Like, yeah, I was angry. And then it's like, I say it and I'm like, like, I put it on me. Like, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. It's not, I don't know. Wait till you're but I don't think these people saying. that are like being recorded and putting put on social media is like, look at this asshole. Like, I don't think they're having those same you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't think there's any embarrassment behind it. I don't think there's any reflectiveness. I don't think there's any growth whatsoever. It's it's like they're doubling down on their their own ridiculousness. And like I feel like that has spread, you know, more. Okay, so you're not excusing them though, because that's what I thought you were saying. Like you were excusing them. Oh fuck no, I'm not excusing them. That. No, okay, no. Okay, I see I, what you're I, saying now. Okay, I was no, like, why like, are we excusing? When them? we were talking about like violent out, outbursts, you know, and and you were like, well, that's every presidency. Yes, you're yeah. right. That's every every presidency, and you know, we have social media now where you can film people. You know, but that that's been around for like I don't know, ten years now. Yeah. Um. But, like, that that type of thing, I feel like, is happening more often. And I feel like it's because of the rhetoric from the right, you know, putting out these, you know, this is why your life is shit. It's not because we've made, you know, poor fucking law choices for our country to put corporations and money before its own citizens. It's because of, you know, Mexicans that are coming over here. And it's because of Muslims you know, because Welcome of black crime, and it's it's you know, yeah, it's all of that that I feel like has spurred on, you know, all of this just fucking ridiculousness. Yeah. Touche. I just hope that it ends soon. One of the Dell's point though, these kids, 
And it's usually younger kids, mm-hmm. college kids. I mean, they're doing stuff, not being held accountable yeah. until they go get a job. Well, that's why and I was then, confused because I was like, well, I know those kids when they get in trouble, they're like, well, they didn't know. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, no, they fucking do know what they're doing. Like, Well, that, that Alabama woman, the uh, University of Alabama chick that was on social media, you know, throwing out racial slurs, and then the co- uh, college is like, get the, get the hell out of here. She's like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. I am so sorry. You're so sorry that your words and your actions had consequence. You got caught. Well, That's what you're sorry about. Do your husbands watch baseball at all? No. <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? No. Okay, so one of the players in the All-Stars was having a tremendous game and someone tweeted out or re- replied to an old, old tweet that when he was in high school. Oh, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And his parents were so embarrassed, they turned their shirts, their jerseys around so it was in the front so people wouldn't see the name in the back. People were taking the jerseys off. They were just so ashamed because it went around. I mean, it was like a wild, wildfire. And it was from when he was in high school. Wait, wait, wait. And he made all these... It was like racial... Racial slurs and some of them were rap lyrics, but still, I mean, you're putting some of this stuff on there. Yeah. And you... You wouldn't... Would you ever have the thought to go back and delete your tweets? Like, I don't know why he didn't think about that, though. Yeah, especially being in the situation that he's in. I mean, he's, he's a major league baseball player. Not that he should... I mean... Just the fact that he put it out there. Yeah. And I realize that he's young, but that's no excuse. I mean, we do do stupid stuff when we're young, but we have to own up to it and we have to be accountable for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy. The commentators were talking about it. Everyone was, one person tweeted and just wildfire. This was recent too, wasn't it? It was this year. Last week. Yeah. Or maybe this past, yeah, past this past week. Then maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe it was with a football player I was thinking of. I know it was a white guy. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of a different incident, though. But it was very similar. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a football player who had just gotten drafted to, like, a college or something. But, um, or he was playing for a college, and then there was outcry, like, how could you want this person on your team when they tweeted all this? And, like, just what you said, like, you know, people have to be held accountable for it. So, I mean, you can say sorry all you want, but... Yeah, they ended up dropping him. Did, are you really true? I mean, maybe you are truly sorry about it, but... I don't I don't know. I think that's just a cop-out sometimes with them. I do, too. Just a PR bullshit. Because I feel like if you were truly sorry, you would have reflected on it prior to the incident ever happening, and you probably would have deleted the things that you said, or, like, said, hey, I did this, or I said this shitty thing. This isn't who I am anymore. I apologize for the people I hurt. I don't know. I feel like though that I mean I don't I don't even know who this person you're talking about is, but they tweet out these things, okay, like, you know, five, ten years ago. Were there other signs? Were there other actions? Were there other things that being said that, you know, people, you know, ignored or turned the other way when these things were happening and didn't call out this person then. Yeah, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I mean, even nowadays, like, people have a hard time calling people out because they don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. 
It's like the whole eyes wide shut thing. Like you can see something shitty happening and sometimes people like they want, they'd rather deal with feeling comfortable than, you know, putting a stop to something bad that's about to happen or that they see happening in real time. Like, I don't know. Mm. Or like maybe even desensitization or desensitization is like an issue because, you know, now also people will record people being beaten in the street instead of helping someone like, I don't know. There's so many different factors. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I forgot about this. And these were all seven years ago when tweeted it. Still doesn't excuse it. Yeah. But he also put how he put, I hate gay people. And that was it. That was his only tweet. And that was, I think that's the one that might have stirred the whole thing. But yeah. It was pretty bad. It was one of the pictures of the Bruins. For the what? Brewers. Brewers. So the Brewers are Brewers. Brewers. Um, I was reading back to what we were talking about earlier about like young people showing up. I do think young people will show up more so in like in the the big election in 2020. I do think we do have problems with young people showing up though for local elections and midterms. I don't think young people realize how important local elections are like it works up you know yeah i was just joking about only voting like the last five years i've been voting every every presidential election since i was 18 except for one when i was in iraq um but i never understood the importance of a primary until you know this past presidential election when um i wanted to see bernie sanders you know, up there instead of Hillary Clinton, yeah. which, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter anyway, but yeah. after that, I was like, well, I'm never going to miss a primary election. But before that, like, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. People just don't know. They don't, like, I don't remember them ever talking about elections in school. And I even took a current events class. And I don't remember us. We never talked about, like, voting. I remember we had a debate on marijuana and abortion. And then we would just watch movies. That's it. Like, we never learned. I never saw, like, a ballot until the first time I voted. I didn't know anything about voter ID laws. I didn't know anything about voting other than, like, you could do it and you got a sticker when you got done. Like, and you had to be 18. Yeah, you had to be 18. Um... Even the first time I voted, I didn't even know you needed your ID. I went without it, and then I had to go back to my dorm room to go get my wallet. Because I just didn't know. I just I thought it would be super easy. But as we know, there are a lot of hoops some people have to jump through in order to vote. Um, yeah. That's one thing I want Wiregrass Coalition to focus on whenever we like get active again, is just like engaging young voters. Because that starts small. That's something, you know, measurable that we can do. and It's important. So this um, Alabama.com put out this other article. Um, this has been a few months back. But um, young voters are registering in Alabama, but will they show up on Tuesday? Um, from Montgomery to Helena to Huntsville, similar voter registration occurred at high schools this spring. The focus of such efforts, are, uh, which are ongoing is to get more first-time voters to the polls. 
Other schools plan to host registration drives this summer or when students return to the classroom in the fall. But will any of the extra activity matter? Political experts and even some high school students predict that young voters probably won't show up in great numbers for the primary. Shocker, right? That we, we never see that. But I, I'm, I'm hoping, though, at least with the presidential election that, um, and with what happened with Bernie Sanders, is that that type of importance is kind of felt a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the 2020 elections, we're going to have <laughs> me. the highest number for voters. Young people. Yeah. Um, youth voter apathy has already struck elsewhere in the South this year. In Texas, one analysis showed that more than three-quarters of Republican voters during March 16th primary were 50 or older. Among Democrats, more than 60% were over the age of 50. So old people are getting out. I mean, if they're doing anything, they're... They're fucking voting. They're fucking voting. Youth turnout was poor in North Carolina during that state's May 8th primary, according to media accounts citing statistics from the State Board of Election and Ethics Enforcement. Ethics Enforcement. Only 2.5% of voters were ages 18 to 25, while 52% were ages 41 to 65. 2.5% of voters were 18 to 25. Like, I mean, other than being in school debt, um, trying to, you know, get or earn a living wage, um, I mean, fuck. Like, why can't we have a day where it's like, this is the day that we're voting. And, like, everyone's only priority should be to vote. Like, a, a national holiday. Make it important. Like, yeah. what type? what type of turnout would that look like? I think that would be great turnout because a lot of reason people don't vote is because they don't a they don't know b they don't have transportation they're not registered um, they can't get off work. Well, by law, your employer has to let you go vote. That's true. But if you're getting paid hourly, yeah. yeah. Um, Alabama has a record-breaking 3.4 million voters on the registration books, with 19% of those being 30 and under. The percentage mirrors the one in neighboring Mississippi, which also has is having their primary elections Tuesday. There, 19.2% of voters are 30 and under. Alabama does not keep voting age data on past elections, but Secretary of... Mm, I missed something. Um, John Merrill said that more than 40% of new voters his office has registered since 2015 are considered, quote-unquote, young voters. <laughs> Under 40 voters made an immediate impact during the December special Senate election con- contest between Democrat Doug Jones and Republican Roy Moore. In his narrow victory, Jones won voters ages 25 to 29 by 27 per- percentage points. That margin ballooned to 34 percentage points among voters 30 to 39, according to an exit poll. The younger voters are trending more Democratic than their parents, and polls show a wide split between age groups on political party support. <coughs> Excuse me. You okay? Mm-hmm. You need some water? I'm good. 
Like you, you hear that or you read that the young voters are trending more democratic than their parents. Like that seems to be almost a given. But when you have the polls that are showing, you know, young white men and young white women educated to fucking boot are voting for Donald Trump. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. But I mean. Well, the crazy thing is you said educated people voting for Trump. Almost sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah, that's what you that's what you would think, right? But I've just I don't know, some of the most like some of the smartest people I know are still some of the most out of touch. Like they don't they don't understand the implication of like how politics affect people who aren't them. So like I remember you were talking what are you talking about? The finance guy that's your friend's father yeah. or something? Yep. You could be the smartest person in the world, but you, like, are just so out of touch. And I, I remember seeing that, like, in my sociology classes. Like, we would have some of the smartest fucking kids at the college in these classes, but they still couldn't connect why they had to care about black people dying in the streets. They didn't understand how that applied to them because they didn't care. Like, they were so selfish. Do you think they're you just know? in, a, like, a bubble almost? Yeah, I totally do. I mean... My first my first sociology class was tied to a learning community, so I was with this group of kids for three separate classes for my first two semesters at South, and so we got to know each other really well. And there was this one one guy, Galen. I remember him so well just because every time we would all go to sociology class, like it was a guaranteed that Galen was going to stand up and say something super controversial and like borderline offensive because he just like it's. I don't even know if it's that he didn't want to understand or couldn't really, like he just couldn't get it, but he just, it never connected with him. And it was so weird. Like, and I just, I only have, I just feel like it's just because it doesn't apply to his life. Like he'll never see that. He won't have to experience that. And not just like black people dying in the street, but like we had to read a book, um, Sidewalk by Mitch Dunier, which is about, black people living on in Greenwich Village in New York and basically how like the business improvement districts came in and started making all these laws to get homeless people off the street because it didn't look nice enough and the nice you know the rich white people who lived in Greenwich Village they hated seeing the homeless people it turned them off and he was always siding with well if it makes the neighborhood look bad why does it matter what we do to the homeless people? Like, they should just work harder. They should get a job. But it's like he wouldn't pay attention to all the reasons why they couldn't get a job. Like, maybe they can't fill out a job application because they don't have a computer or they don't have access to a computer. They don't have clothes for an interview. They don't have a phone to call them at for an interview. All those different things. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that would come into that. Yeah. And, and that seems, I mean, you could do a whole podcast on these towns who put in place ordinance or laws to reduce the homeless people because it doesn't look good in the community. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all fine and dandy that they do that. But when they do it, what I think a lot of them fail to do is actually help them. It's kind of like... the problem. It's just like the abortion thing. All right, you want to you wanna eliminate abortion... But yet, you don't want to take on the responsibility of taking care of the kid afterwards. You don't want paid so, paternal leave. Yeah, they're only looking for 
or just, you know, women's health in general, you don't want abortions, then give, provide free health care for women's reproductive. You give women access to birth control, you know, that they can afford. Um, maybe there would be less unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. Then there would be less abortions, but you can't even have that conversation because it's like, well, women need to be virgins and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you have a conversation with people like that? Well, I think that's about it for the show. <laughs> Thanks for a little update on Fat Venture Mag. They are about to release their first print issue and they're actually taking pitches for their second issue in one second. Let me actually pull up their website because I can tell you guys where to send pitches if you want to contribute. Like if you're a fat identifying person or a non-binary person, you can send pitches and information to fatventuremag at gmail.com. 